Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. Uh, it's a very, you know, it's, it's a sparse day here in the office. I'm the only person still sitting here. Uh, everyone else has decided to be at home, but the show must, as always, go on. And with that, I figure we'll, this is a good time as any to move on with the show then. So uh, I'm welcoming in my guest. I have Adam Belinsky from Crescendo. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joe. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, no, um, it's. I'm glad that you're uh, you're able to join us today too. I mean, I, as I said, things are pretty sparse over here, but oh, are that's you, exactly are you... how they are here in Utah yeah. too. It's quite quite interesting. So, though I I run Crescendo, I also I also work for a, a nearby law school, BYU Law School, and we're over there trying to figure out what to do with all our events and everything that's going on. It's quite quite interesting. So. Interesting yeah. to see how things play out. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know where where you are. Obviously, here at Above the Law, we've been covering uh, law schools have been going online. Law schools have been saying, go off on spring break, and we don't know when we're calling you back. Right, it's just been right. kind of all over the place. Uh, so I don't Which envy that Which for students, job. I've got to imagine, is really nice. <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right, sweet. Well, well, the online fir- classes, that sounds fun. Yeah, well, the first ones were somewhat ridiculous because the original wave of stuff we heard were people saying, you know, we're going to really get serious about hunkering down. All right, well, spring break, we'll talk about this when you get back. And I was like, well, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of that hunkering down, probably if you're going to send everyone out and then have them come back. <laughs> yeah, So exactly. it's been, uh, it is interesting. Uh, and we are covering whenever we hear of law firms or law schools uh, closing. We're trying to stay on top of it. Anyway, uh, well, so before we get into a more detailed discussion about what you do, I'm going to uh, take this minute to talk about our sponsors, you know, including you. But first, today's episode is brought to you by your beehive, who's very mad at you, and all because you're still at the office slogging through an endless doc review project. Make better decisions, keep your pet, and work smarter with Logical, e-discovery software that gets you started in minutes. Don't let frustrating, outdated e-discovery sting you. Create your free account today at logiccol.com forward slash ATL. That's logic with a K-C-U-L-L dot com forward slash A-T-L. And also, Crescendo. Crescendo helps law students crush finals, the MPRE, and the bar. With hundreds of mnemonics and illustrations, thousands of official NCBE practice questions, affordable pricing, lifetime access, whiteboard videos, plus audio outlines and audio flashcards, Crescendo is revolutionizing legal education. Unlike some competitors who require expensive deposits, Crescendo offers the opposite. A 30-day, no-questions-asked, money-back guarantee. 98% stick around. The five-star reviews explain why you should try Crescendo. So, uh, with that, a uh, more perfect lead-in you couldn't have, let's talk about Crescendo. Uh, so, Adam, I guess uh, off the top, uh, that ad gave us some uh, background, but off the top, what does Crescendo do, and what, what does it offer for students? Yeah, so Crescendo offers 
educational study aids in particular for law school, the MPRE, the bar exam. We're looking to expand into some other areas as well, but that's what we have curriculum for at this time. And our wheelhouse, our our jam is audio, all things audio. So audio outlines, audio flashcards, we have optional classical background music that goes with those materials. And then we try to soup up those materials to be as engaging as memorable as possible by infusing them with mnemonics and making them as concise as possible as well. And so we use mnemonics that are simple as acronyms or phrase-based mnemonics. And I think most people are familiar with those kind of mnemonics. And then we use other kinds of memory hacks like memory palaces or the method of Loki. And those are where you visualize places and things that symbolize key concepts that create these awesome memory hooks in your brain and your spatial memory has been shown to be incredibly powerful. And so we try to leverage that. So we're really trying to just innovate the way uh, legal education is done in particular when it comes to memorization and leveraging that audio so you can get out of the library, you can get out you know, to the gym, you can go hiking, you can do whatever, clean your house um, while you're studying so you can use your time as effectively as possible. You know, you mentioned the spatial memory thing, and I'm just going to throw in my personal hook on this. I remember I had a teacher in high school who was into that, and uh, it was a psych class, so he was talking about just kind of general memory and so on, and, and made us all go through that process of learning how to spatially remember things, like going through your house and like tying random words to different objects in a fate, you know, in an imaginary house. And it was striking how much more you can remember when you try to tie things spatially. I, I was always blown away by that. And it's fun. I mean, it's yeah. really fun. And it's interesting you gave that house example because yeah. we use houses a lot. People are familiar with houses. And so, for example, with our constitutional law outlines, we approach the different levels of protection for various constitutional rights as three different floors in a house. And so you walk in, first floor, you see people and things, actions that symbolize rights protected by rational basis. And you go up the stairs and you oh. get the intermediate review rights and you go up the stairs again and you get the strict scrutiny protected rights. And then in the closet, you've got your privacy related rights. And so, um, you know, you're walking through these houses, just kind of like what your your teacher did with you and back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's weird how few educational, you know, outlets really get into the hacking of the memory hack game. Uh, I, I remember when I was taking bar prep years and years and years ago, the different professors have their own different styles. And I remember there were, there were always a couple who really engaged in the repetition using things that were memorable. And those were always the subject matters that I felt the most confident about coming out of. Uh, and there was no like systematized make everyone else teach that way. Uh, and so when I first encountered Crescendo, that was my first takeaway was, oh, you know, like actually applying a, a plan to this and making sure that it's material and content that people will be able to, you know, remember, you know. Well, and you know, in other programs, you can get... Um you know, mnemonics here and there based on the mm -hmm. professor that is presenting the content. Yeah. But the standard of mnemonics, the the quality of mnemonics, um, we believe are not up to their full potential. And so what's really nice is if you can create a mnemonic that's not just, like the worst kind of mnemonic is a random string of letters, right? right? It's hard to keep that straight, but it's better than nothing. Um, and then if you have that random string of letters, create a word, that's a step up. If you have that random string of letters, create a word that is related 
to the underlying concept, then you're getting closer. And so um, we've gone through great effort to craft our mnemonics and we're very strategic about whether or not we're going to use an acronym-based, a phrase-based, or a memory palace-based mnemonic for a given issue. And sometimes we we don't use mnemonics um, above and beyond additional repetition of an item because it's it's simple enough that you can get away with that. So yeah, we're trying to be strategic about when, mm-hmm. where, how to use mnemonics and be consistent in our mnemonic usage and how we, we color and frame those mnemonics. Yeah. It really is valuable uh, if you can if you can have something that holds you, like especially with concepts that are I mean, law is, I, I, obviously you're going into other fields too, but I think, I mean, you, as you know, like law is so order of operations based a lot. Uh, oh, I see this problem. What is the test I apply? I go through this and that and the other. Like it it screams for this kind of approach. And yet uh, you're doing, you know, you're you're the ones out there who are really taking the time to make sure that you tailor something to to maximize that. You know, and one of the things we're doing is um, has actually saved us quite a bit of money. And that's we create our mnemonics and our curriculum in-house within mm-hmm. Crescendo. And then we hire professors who are experts in the various subject areas to vet our content. So we're not having professors deliver things directly, which can be both expensive, uh. but can also create an inconsistency in presentation style. So we control, you know, the uniformity, the consistency, the the various tools, and we're, we're striving our best always, always to improve the pedagogy, but we're relying still on subject matter experts to make sure we don't get too creative. Right. And so, um, but that saved us some money. And that's sometimes people will ask, like, how is Crescendo so affordable, you know, in terms of bar prep courses? And I mean, it's still expensive. It's several hundred dollars, but you've got other courses in the thousands, oh, right? Yeah. So people think initially, they go, well, it can't be that good, right? The quality can't be there. But some of the things we've done to kind of innovate how our overhead is structured has helped us keep our costs down. Yeah. And well, and I I always felt like with, with issues, especially stuff like bar prep, there's, you know, there's no excuse for not taking, you know, all the options if, if available to you. I had, I was lucky enough to be going to a big firm where they were willing to pay for a bar, bar prep class, but there was another less affordable or less expensive one that was out there. And I said, well, I'll take that too, just in case, like just in case the professor who teaches one thing is a little bit better. It was a mm-hmm. shorter, less expensive one. And, you know, it wasn't as good, but the point is that that one that wasn't because it was less expensive. I don't think that was just uh, that was just a quirk of that one. Yeah, but, we we see plenty of people that do that. I think it's just the risk averse belt and suspenders yeah. approach that yeah. we as attorney minded people tend to take. Exactly right, and so it's it, that is a hurdle that we face as a company. Right? How do you get people? to take a little bit of a risk and try something new and maybe study in a slightly different way than they're used to at the end of their educational journey. I mean, we're talking the biggest exam of their lives is is right there. And we're asking them to to look at it a, maybe a little bit different way. And that's why we give them that 30-day no money back. I mean, no money back. No, that would right. be nice for us, but All right. <laughs> no questions asked, money back guarantee. And thankfully, not a lot of people take us up on that. So we're able to to, to offer that. And we intend to keep offering that. So, um, we get a lot of people that use our program in other programs and, and that's nice because then we get some feedback on, you know, Oh, it would be cool if you had this kind of tool, um, or, Oh, this is really working. Like this part's really neat. And so we're, we're constantly, um, improving the product. No, that's great. So let's talk about 
So how do we come up with the name Crescendo? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. Um, so the company used to be called Crammer Tones. And okay. I thought that was fun. Um, this was back when it was just me. And I'm not a marketer, you know, by training. I used to be <laughs> a TV reporter. So communication is fun for me. Teaching is fun for me. I used to teach Swedish at the university level before law school. And then I was a corporate trainer. So like education is all cool. But like the marketing thing is a little bit of a different language and a different domain. And so um, I thought Crammer Tones because like you're cramming and they're tones mm -hmm. and cool. Uh, but I read this book called Biology, B-U-Y-ology. Uh, oh, and okay. it talked a lot about the emotional appeal of a brand. And um, and I thought, well, cramming, like that's a anxiety inducing kind of a negative thing, right? Like people don't mm -hmm. associate that with positive uh, positive feelings. And so I thought, well, we got to come up with something a little bit more positive than that. What can communicate kind of this, this increase of energy, this important, um, phase of time where you're studying very intensely and more intensely. And then there's kind of this climax with an exam where, you know, all cylinders are firing and, um, the idea of a crescendo came to mind, but of course, you know, if you spell crescendo the normal way, there's right. a, a million companies like that. You don't have as much trademark protection. And so we kind of looked at what, what's the lay of the land in terms of trademark registrations. And we found that we could get crescendo with a U like you're crushing it, which was just yeah. kind of a convenient <laughs> a convenience. And, um, you know, we're grateful that, that it plays that way, but it, the, the musical crescendo and then with our optional classical back, background music, it's just another layer where it's kind of cool and seems to work out. So you're going to crush it, use crescendo, you're going to crescendo, it's a positive, exciting climax. It's not this negative anxiety inducing climax. It's yeah. like what you I experience in music. So we had fun with that. Yeah, I saw it as, uh, I was like, well, this is a, a con I didn't know what exactly it would be because I was like, well, there's music, there's classical music involved, so maybe it's a crescendo thing. And then I was like, but, you know, they're talking about crushing it, so maybe it came from that. And then, I, and it turns out that it was just everything kind of coming together. Uh, and exactly. Well, and then you yeah. got the additional layer of like the crush and the end, right? Yeah. So like you're crushing the end of your educational journey, you're crushing exams, you're crushing finals, you're crushing the bar. So, wow. Yeah. So, kind of fun. and it, speaking of crushing, another thing about the history of the company that I saw was uh, on the website, there's a lot of talk about baseball, home runs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my obsessions. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you, um, it says that you, you keep balls with you in your trunk at all times. What's, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, that's true. Yeah. They're in my, my car right now. So I've coached a variety of, of teams, uh, just little league youth sports uh -huh. and uh, I just love baseball. And so to get a release, I mean, some people go to the driving range and I do that too, but I will also just drive to a baseball field and I'll just soft toss to myself, you know, just throw a uh -huh, ball up right. and hit it and just do my own little home run derby. So I've got, you know, about 60. <laughs> balls in the back of my car and I just bought a new bat a few weeks ago that I've had some fun testing out and um you know, that has made some really cool, memorable experiences because when I was studying for the bar and using kind of my hack job sloppy embryo crescendo outlines, uh -huh. I I was um at the park for a lot of that hitting baseballs and then in between, this was like totally psycho, right? Like who would do this? But during the actual administration of the bar exam, during that lunch period, we had about, I think we had about an hour for lunch mm -hmm. and it only takes like 10 minutes, 15 minutes to scarf down a lunch. And there just happened to be a baseball field right there. And so I, I 
walked over to that baseball field and I took some good swings and had some good pops. And uh, I just walked back into the second portion of the MBE smiling. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it was it was just fun. So I, you know, stuff like that, the bar exam, just as much as anything else, it's, it's this test of managing your anxiety and staying mm-hmm. sane and positive. And so I've, I've felt that audio is a, is a fast way to do that. And I recognize that everybody's an auditory learner and we're trying to create products that are good enough for just people that are have to have to live in the text and just look at pictures and things like that. But if you can do audio, I mean, use it as much as you can, because you're going to be getting your blood pumping. If you're doing something physical that engages your brain in a bunch of different ways and um, can make, you know, just operate more at your capacity, you know, at your potential. And so if you're just sitting sedentary in a library, looking at a screen or looking at your book all day long, I mean, you're going to be a little bit more miserable or a lot more miserable. And um, you're not going to get the benefits of the additional oxygen and um, getting your heart rate up and the endorphins and things that can come by doing something physical, but that's mostly mindless so that you can still lend your ear and your brain to the audio. Yeah. That, well, you know, the I also do really well with auditory learning, but I'll say it's partially the auditory stuff, but also it's how short and repeatable a lot of these uh, yeah. these materials are. Because I'm pretty good with auditory, but the thing that allows me to, to this day, quote, episodes of The Simpsons that are 30 years old at this point, <laughs> is that I was able to watch them six or seven times, and that's, that's something right. that that's having right. a having a four-hour course on commercial paper is not something you can do, but having these shorter, more streamlined, very efficient, repetitive uh, content gives you that edge to be yeah, able to yeah. do it again, you know? Uh, I love the Simpsons example. That's hilarious. You brought that up. One of my best friends growing up could do the same thing. And it was always oh, yeah. oh, hilarious. He'd, he'd mute the TV and he'd just go yeah. off. And it was fun to see. But you're right. So the repetition is key. And a lot of the the presentations of the content that you need to know for the bar exam are, are lengthy, long-winded. We're talking several hours per subject mm-hmm. on the shorter end. And we really try to get everything to an hour or less for any particular subject. So evidence law in an hour or less, that's what we're shooting for. And part of the reason I'm so passionate about brevity um, is because of my background in TV reporting, where you're oh. constantly trying to take tons of content and distill it into one and a half minutes, maybe a three minute news spot. And so I was able to get practice over the years of TV reporting of just distilling, condensing, condensing, and being very careful with how you word things. I mean, you don't want to put any words in that you don't need to put in. And so, um, yeah, so we, we cut out a lot of words and we're strategic about the types of words we use. We actually have kind of a book of rules in what we can say and what we can't say because of one, how positive that type of word is. And we are full believers in positivity. And then two, how concise and how simple and understandable that type of word is. So we have certain words that are kind of on our good list. And then we have words that are on our naughty list that we avoid. (laughs) And then there's certain grammatical things as well that we strive to avoid and others that we strive to run with. And some simple ones are things just like used, um, you know, 
direct voice, active voice, right? You don't yeah. want to use passive voice. And so that's just one example there in terms of grammatical conventions we strive for. And sometimes you have to use passive voice out of clarity yeah. and it can be awkward to use active, but by and large, you can get away with active voice and it saves you, saves you time. Oh yeah. You know, and that's, I will say, and, and I don't know as though anybody who's taking your course is thinking of it this way, but my pitch will be given that explanation. After you've taken the bar, you and if you start getting into practice and you start trying to write things, uh, whether they're briefs or memos or uh, just workups of, of terms in a document, maybe re-listen to these and start trying to think, do I sound like this? Because not, I can't get over how, as a practicing attorney, it was frustrating when people mm. thought that being an attorney was a license to write 200 pages when 10 would do. Yeah. Uh, and understanding active voice, understanding w some words aren't necessary is hugely important. And the more, the more people are exposed to what good, concise writing is, the better off this profession would get. I actually had a, we had a case where the powers that be, it was, there were a lot of co-defendants, uh, so we were filing one brief, and they put together a 125-page brief. My, sec my client's section of it, we put together three paragraphs. Uh, everybody else, though, demanded 20, 30 pages each. It was obviously kicked out by the judge, who was furious that we did that, and told us the whole thing needs to be within my 20-page limit. And I was like, well, this is why I wrote three paragraphs. But it is a lesson that people need to need to learn, and I'm glad that you you're kind of showing you're, you're kind of showing students at the bar exam stage that good writing doesn't necessarily require being long winded. Yeah, and I think what's hard, you know, something we strive to overcome is within the law school context, typically verbosity can be mm -hmm. re rewarded on finals in particular, right? Oh, There's yeah. actually been research about, you know, the word count on your final exam is going to impact your grade by X amount. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to. And... Um, but yeah, I mean, there are ways you can be concise to the point and direct. And I found over my own academic career in law school that as things went on, my answers to final exams actually got shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm. And my GPA went up. I had, my very best semester was my last semester before I graduated. And I was to the, I actually got done early, which was very interesting um, yeah. for me. And um, yeah, I mean, say what you need to say. Say it clearly. So and um, and move on, and so yeah. um, it just showcases another type of competence if you can do that, and it saves so much time. Well, actually, on tr in terms of the creation process, sometimes it can be harder to write right. um, concisely. But the more you practice that, the faster you get at writing concisely because you don't think about active voice anymore. It's just your go-to. You don't think about um, the types of prep prepositional phrases that can bog you down in your writing. You just write shorter sentences, you know, and. Um, yeah, no, that that's the, I believe it's Mark Twain, but that could also just be because he's eminently quotable. Uh, <laughs> but I, I believe it's Twain who had a th uh, wrote in his correspondence, had some letter where he said, I apologize for the long letter. I didn't have enough time to write a short one uh, because the <laughs> exactly. editing process exactly. does take time. But right. I, I feel like with those exams, you're right. It, there's a kind of a perverse reward system of people using a lot of words. And it's not that having a lot of words makes it better. It's that just statistically, you might stumble upon a thing that they'll give you a point for the longer you go, but that doesn't make it better. Uh, and yeah. that doesn't mean that 
a well-written short one that has everything in it wouldn't get the same grade. But, you know, if you're, if you're struggling, you just keep going and maybe you'll, you'll hit the word that the TA's guide says is worth one point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and certainly in your legal writing classes, I think across Mm. the board, schools are doing a lot better and encouraging the type of writing that we're trying to use with, with Crescendo and, um, I got to TA for a, a great professor who is um, wonderful in in getting us to be to to the point, understandable, concise, and so um, it was it was fun working for that professor, and that helped to further kind of craft my mindset to my my outlook at writing generally, and that certainly had ripple effects and poured into crescendo, and so we really tried to give every word significant thought. You know, there's benefits to creating your own outlines, right? Because you, you learn through the creation process. It's memorable to create. But with a commercial product, there's some benefits in that we have more time than you do yeah. to think through each and every word and to double check accuracy and things like that. And so there's pros and cons with both. And if you can use a little bit of both, you're going to be in the best spot. Yeah. Well, you said, obviously, this podcast is more directed towards lawyers, but uh, we do have we do have people who are general interest in listening. We also have a pretty robust audience of undergrads who are considering law, but that means they're also not necessarily going to law. So with that said, what's you you mentioned that your law is your home base, but you're looking into other fields. What other fields uh, is Crescendo looking to move toward to help out those professions? So some of the fields um, we've been public about, and I'll be public about mm-hmm. them here, and others we're kind of um, just toying with behind the scenes. Of course. And we, yeah, just in terms of com- competitors and things. But one that we have announced that we're, we're looking into and working on is the CPA exam and then also ah. the nurse licensing exam. Um, oh, both of yeah. those are very memory intensive, and that's kind of our, our specialty, right? Getting people to memorize things quickly. And efficiently and with freedom, that's what we really focus on. So um, exams like the LSAT, you know, those are more processing rich, test strategy rich, um, reading comprehension and logical reasoning rich. They're not so much about memorizing lots of material. And so I don't foresee, you know, LSAT prep coming out of Crescendo in the near future. But stuff like the CPA, where the passage rates aren't particularly high, so the market has a little bit of an opening that way in how people are feeling about the exam. You know, there's definitely some anxiety there. And so there's some room for experimentation. And then the NCLEX exam is just very, very memory rich. And so we we actually had a group of interns that we had devote an entire semester to just researching which exams to go to next and why, looking at a variety of factors like you know, how big is the market? How many, you know, how many students are taking the exam? How much do they spend on test prep? And, you know, how does the competitor, the competition, you know, stack up against Crescendo and what we're doing? And, and they, um, at the very top of the list, they had the CPA and next was NCLEX. And then there were about uh, a few dozen more exams that we looked at that are further down that list that um, some of them will be worth engaging in down the road. But um, we've been really encouraged by how things have gone with our, our law prep and our growth over time has been really encouraging and the feedback we've gotten, it's been a tremendous blessing and, and humbling. And I've been really grateful um, for everybody that's that's helped out along the way. Um, something that I always feel like I have to stress in any interview that I have yeah. is just how much um, 
like if you're starting a company, I imagine there might be some entrepreneurial folks listening to this. You know, if you're going to start a company or if you've already started a company, you know, the success of that company is not going to be entirely because of you. And if it fails, it's not going to be entirely because of you either. There's so many things beyond your control and there's so many things that can work out to your benefit. And so no matter where you're at, I don't think you should ever get a big head. And I don't think you should ever also, you know, punish yourself if something doesn't go exactly how you planned. And, you know, one example I give with Crescendo that just really punctuates this point is that early on there was uh, a law student at University of uh, San Diego who tested our beta MPRE product. And at the time it was just me. That's all Crescendo was. I was just creating an experimental product. And he, I didn't, I didn't know this guy, you know, I didn't ask him to do this, but after he took the MPRE, he blogged about it on LinkedIn and he had just a really positive experience. And then when he got his score back, he blogged again about it. And um, that kind of social proof is invaluable to a really young company. It's mm -hmm. part of what sparked conversations with um, competing investors that wanted in on Crescendo that ultimately provided the capital, you know, the financial fuel to get Crescendo up and going in a, in a more legitimate way. And so I feel incredibly indebted to this, this student, right, that yeah. I've never met. And I, I couldn't force that. I mean, obviously, I, I'm grateful that they had a good experience and our product um, helped foster that. But, you know, People don't have to talk about their good experiences yeah. and people can focus on the little things that are imperfect as you're learning and, and building a company, right? So the Crescendo products we had then were nowhere near as good as the Crescendo products we have now, but yet he chose to see the good and to see the potential and to blog about it. And I'm just like, oh, thank yeah. you so much, right? <laughs> and so I try to remember that and keep myself grounded um, as things have continued to grow and just say, look... Um, this company is a combination of a million things and I'm just one little piece. And I just try to tell myself, don't get a big head, don't get a big head. Yeah. Okay. You could say don't have a big head. I'm going to say that you are justified in having a big head. So that, that's, that's, my, that's the difference between my role <laughs> well, and your role here. Well, what would accomplish? <laughs> what would that accomplish? <laughs> right. Fair enough. Well, all right. It looks like we're coming down to the end of our time together. Uh, but thanks for joining me today. Uh, this was great. Uh, it's Adam Belinsky from Crescendo. Uh, so everybody check them out. Please do. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, so, and thank you all for listening. If you are already subscribed to the show, that's great. You should do that. That way it'll show up in your device of choice whenever it comes out. You should be giving it reviews, not just the stars. Write something. That always helps. You can you can be, you know, that San Diego student uh, for us. Oh, uh, I'd be forever indebted. So yeah, exactly. We, right? We're so grateful. <laughs> so uh, you should uh, be reading Above the Law. You should be following. I'm at Joseph Patrice on Twitter. You should be listening to the other Legal Talk Network family of shows. You should be listening to The Jabot, which is Catherine Rubino's show. And with all of that said, uh, thank you. That's a you. lot of shoulds, Joe. I, I know. There, there's, you know Shitting I mean, all over people. Th this, is, this is how the end of the show uh, blurb goes all the time. And I don't have it written out. I just, uh, I just have just to kind of memory-wise go through everything that we need to do. But there are two more, uh, though, shoulds that I still have, which is uh, we should thank our... Uh, Sponsors, as as always, logical. And for this episode in particular, thank you to Crescendo. Uh, that that is, if you haven't been listening to the show, Crescendo helps you crush finals, the MPRE and bar prep with audio outlines and flashcards loaded with memory hacks. So check out crescendo.com to learn more. And you know, 
if you're in the fields of CPA and nursing, you know, maybe you'll be you'll be there too in the near future. So thank you, everybody. And we will check in with you again next week. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.